When it comes to educating our youngest children, there are probably as many approaches as there are families. That's why today we've brought together a panel of experts to share how three moms homeschool their toddlers. Stay with us. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hi, I'm Lisa Maladnik, and today our guests are Jackie de la Viaga, Eleanor Borg-Nicholson, and Olivia Spears to give you a peek into how three moms homeschool their toddlers. Jackie de la Viaga has worked in the field of education for 35 years. She has home-educated her own children in addition to working in various school settings. She is currently the designer and master instructor for the Homeschool Connections grade school program. Eleanor Borg-Nicholson is a scholar, Gothic novelist, Victorian literature teacher for Homeschool Connections, homeschooling mother of five and an amateur wrangler of feral toddlers, fueling her Gothic inclinations. <laughs> Olivia Spears lives in Kentucky with her lifelong homeschooled husband and four children. She is passionate about catechesis and delights in a steaming bath. Oh, I'm so there. Uh, everybody, welcome. Thank you so much for making the time, ladies. So good to see you all. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, Happy to be with y'all. Welcome, welcome. All right, we're going to kind of just do like a roundtable approach here, but start everybody. We'll go around the room. We'll go Jackie, Eleanor, Olivia. Um, start by just telling us the ages of your children right now, and then just say a little bit about your attitude toward the whole process or general philosophy that you operate from. Jackie, would you start us off? Sure, thank you. So I'm Jackie de la Viaga, and I have five children, and they range in age from 12 to 31. So I have one left at home, still homeschooling, uh, three married, and one off on a missionary trip. So my philosophy of educating toddlers, um, I should also mention that I have four granddaughters. So mm -hmm. I have toddler granddaughters, and it's such a joy to be watching this like for a second season. And I would say that my philosophy of educating toddlers can boil down to be present to the moment. Adjust your pace, which is you know, we can all laugh about that because we don't get to just like shove everything off the table. But, you know, the, the best that we can adjust your pace, um, include your toddler in your work as best you can. Let them play. I, I can't say enough about play in the toddler years. And then, of course, read to them. Mm, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Eleanor. What's a, what's your take? Oh, I'm very happy to follow Jackie in this. I was going to say uh, free range, but then my husband, before <laughs> I came downstairs, said, no, honey, we're following an Aristotelian method. I said, oh, are we? That's great. And he said, no, <laughs> you practice 
before you intellectualize. You do before you try to understand. So the children are incorporated into every aspect of the day with us, along with their older siblings who are doing more formal studies, but a heavy emphasis on play, reading all the time. And when my hands are full or I'm teaching or I'm working or whatever I'm doing, because it's you know very crazy, there's always an audiobook running or there are other children talking to the toddler or I'm negotiating with the toddler. So she's always <laughs> engaged. Um, and mine range at this point from my eldest is almost 11 and my youngest is one and a half. There are five of them. So I have two and a half informal studies. And then the youngest two who are one and a half and four are just everywhere. But they're with us all the time. And they're engaging in living with us from housework to endless books, all books, all day, every day. Um, but and songs and games with their siblings. So they're very joyful children. And I think that facilitates their ability to be sponges. So they just absorb. And then eventually when we start learning in little bits and pieces to formalize education, it when they're ready for it, but there's no rush, they're gonna have plenty of time for formal studies. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Eleanor. How about you, Olivia? Yes, I am just jumping right on that train. Um, just <laughs> letting uh, toddlers and preschoolers be toddlers and preschoolers. Uh, so I have four uh, from eight and down. Our youngest is four months old. So we do have a newborn in the house along with our toddler. And so the newborn dictates a lot of our schedule right now, of course, as does the, does the toddler who I negotiate with. I feel that deeply, <laughs> Eleanor. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, the they just do whatever the family is doing. We just incorporate our toddlers into our activities, into tons of reading, like you all said. And I'll speak more to that later, too. And um, just being able to pause and take interest in whatever the toddler is interested in too is something I try to be mindful of, fail at a lot, but try to be mindful of to stop long enough to be into whatever they're into. So not only to buoy them in their interest, but so that I can be interested in that alongside them, which um, which may be easier when your first is a toddler, but can, can be more challenging um, as more come on the scene. And so um, I love what Jackie said about slowing down and making space in our lives in order for us to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with you free range, you know, or, or preparing kind of like, uh, we lean more into uh, synthetic learning too, is in the early years and before we get into the analytical. So yes, just letting them experience the world and life, um, and to just be a part of our family. Hmm. Oh, I love that. And, and I can't define synthetic learning. So can you just step us into that expression or that term? Yes, right alongside what Eleanor was saying. So really experiencing something before breaking it down and learning about its parts. Um, so really just uh, encountering the world and uh, before breaking it down and, and learning about how it all works. Ah, nice, nice. All right, fantastic. So I'd like to go back around the room now. And if you could give us a few little day in the life kind of snapshots. Um, you know, it can be your best days, your worst days, uh, somewhere in between, or a moment when you realize something. 
But if you would just each of you take a few minutes and we'll start again with Jackie. Um, what does it look and feel like to be right in there in the trenches homeschooling with toddlers underfoot? <laughs> well, it's, it's been a little while since I had a toddler underfoot, but I have uh, interestingly had a visiting toddler in my house for several weeks. So this is timely. Um, and what I've been reminded of is the openness and receptivity of that age and how anything going on in the world above and around them is so interesting. So for me, the last few weeks, I've had some adjusting to um, the slowdown, like get rid of the task list. Um, and it just, it seems like a response mode, you know, not so much like um, cr create um, stimuli, just respond to the interest, you know, whether it's um, you want to help in the kitchen or with the laundry. And this particular toddler wants to help with everything. So it's really sweet. <laughs> um, so I would say, you know, a day in the life is it's hard for me to be pragmatic um, because this is new. Um, as I said, my youngest is 12. Um, but it has forced me to pay more attention to what's happening in the moment and allow myself to really just be a vessel of, um, you know, where, where does, where's this person's energy? What, what is their interest? And what I've noticed is that it's always about connection. So toddlers aren't usually this one, she's not usually wanting to be separate, but to come alongside. And so in our world, that can look super chaotic, but I think it's just a reality of who they are. Mm -hmm. Love that, that thought about connection and also responding. Yeah, noticing, connecting. Nice. Eleanor, what was coming to mind for you? Well, as Jackie was speaking, I was thinking through a day and thinking about all the disparate pieces and you getting up and whether we're going to morning mass, which is an in, that that's a whole production. Um, and it's, I always have to remind myself, this is not only bringing them to God, but it is teaching them the practice of their faith. And it's I'm, so many things are learned, even though by the by the time we get home, I'm a mess and say, OK, <laughs> mommy needs coffee and we need a second breakfast and then we can compare you know, get into things like various chores that weren't done before we left, or, but engaging the older children, making sure they have their tasks, balancing the tasks that I, as a mom, can't do more than one thing. You know, there are some things I can do 50 things at a time. I cannot teach math and I cannot teach phonics with something else going on. So making sure that I establish this is the time when mommy is working with this child or that child. And at those moments, ensuring that if I say to the toddler, who her vocabulary isn't great, um, but she comprehends an alarming, a terrifying amount, but saying, well, now, right, you're going to sit here with this, or you're going to play over there. You're going to do this because mommy is teaching <laughs> what feels like pre-calculus um, or phonics, which is with our third, but then bringing the fourth along and saying, here are your pages too. He's not ready for phonics, and I'm not going to, you know, 
force him to learn. But he wants to scribble on the tiger picture too. He doesn't want to sound out words or do reading, but he wants to be present. So making sure that I'm equipping at their age. And also like Jackie said at the beginning, slowing down so that when I'm you know, racing back and forth, sending this child this way, that child that way, trying to get my work done and saying, oh, I teach a class in a couple of hours. Then all of a sudden I realized the toddler isn't asking me to put her shoes on. This is what happened this morning. She was asking me to guide her because she wanted to put her shoes on. Not remotely capable of doing this, but we sat there for a while working on the shoes and saying, well, don't get frustrated. Okay, we'll try this. We'll try this. In the end, she sort of wandered off or it was probably 15 minutes of negotiating with the shoes because she wanted to figure it out for herself. And those are honestly the moments I treasure. Those are the moments where I go, yes, I have engaged with each of my children in some special, probably messy way each day because it's not, I mean, quality time is wonderful, but so much of it is just being present all day with them. It's one of the greatest joys of homeschooling and to make sure that I've made eye contact with each of them more than once, but not just to say, I told you to do X or why are you on your brother's bed? But lovingly to be present, as Jackie said, with their interests on, on every level, not just because it's good for them, but because it's good for me. At the end of the day, I could come up with a list that could crush me of all the things I feel I haven't done, but I don't want that list. I want the memories of the the tears or the smiles or the moments when I was with each child, including my extremely headstrong, borderline verbal redheaded child. That's not a smack on redheads, but oh my goodness, I thought that was just a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that we're touching on some important principles and, and here this sense of not the task list, but those moments. I almost feel like one might create a, an end of the day mom of a toddler examine, you know, like mm. what what were those moments of grace? Love that with the negotiating with the shoes. Olivia, what were you thinking about? Yeah, I really would just love to sit at your all's feet all the time and just continue to hear you talk about everything. Um, but yes, same. I find that our homeschool day goes best if my toddler's cup is filled first. And so... For us, that means first thing, you know, before we before we get into our our, chore, our morning chores and, and our school day is snuggling on the couch with some picture books and that, you know, that he chooses and we just read them. And um, just being able to, you know, affirm and love on him in the morning, I find makes a great difference in our homeschool day. Um he too also wants to be involved in school because he has two older school age siblings. And so, um, so yes, I'm with you all. Sometimes that means just having a coloring page. He likes to have his own, you know, narration notebook so that he narrates whatever we're reading or doing. Um, but something I do is also, I just keep a, a notes app running in my phone of like, Oh, you know, our, our kids should learn to tie their shoes, you know, stuff like that. Um, that I just keep. And so, for him, sometimes I I just pull that up and think, okay, he's interested today. He's at the table. He wants his own school time. Let's sing our ABCs, you know. And so, just to keep that kind of at the at the ready for for when he does want his to be really engaged, like the like the big kids are doing. So I find that that helps. And then um, 
It also, I don't know if you all have this, but snacks are just a whole thing in our house. <laughs> just a whole thing. So I feel like I'm perpetually troubleshooting how to keep the children fed all the time while also educating them. And so um, I find, especially for uh, the younger ones, is if I can just keep like good snacks on hand that are quick for them, um, but that will like keep them full, that, that, that may help me get a little more time as well. If you're, if you're thinking about, you know, how to, how can I, you know, continue to teach this child, um, while this, while the toddler needs a snack, sometimes I find that quick, you know, um, that quick. Well, Olivia, we, we have a, we have giant divided platters and it's our healthy snack plate. And we put out, you know, three to six items. You might sneak some pretzels in there, but usually trying to make it fruits and veggies or cheese or meat or something that they're carrying through. And if I don't get that set after second breakfast, which has to be about nine, school's <laughs> going to go downhill. And our biggest fight right now is my husband keeps putting mini carrots in there and the one and a half year old wants the mini carrot. So I'm constantly trying to hide the mini carrot so that anyway, because I can't track. But no, so we have to have this running, like constant snack yes. butter and refilling all day long, or they don't function, and neither do I. Yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah, here's to the snack platter, the unofficial sponsor of our homeschool yes. days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I just want to oh. say, just want to keep calling out how beautiful these are for our listeners. That you almost had sort of a pouring in a feeding kind of a theme with yours, Olivia, because you're feeding the needs of the toddler first, and you're keeping the snack tray. You know, Eleanor, and you know everyone's monitoring like the pouring in, the keeping fed. It's like noticing almost where there's an open mouth, where this one wants to be at the table engaging as a learner. That's an open mouth, and you're filling it by singing the ABCs. So it's kind of interesting. I almost think of baby birds, you know. I was thinking whack-a-mole. I was thinking whack-a-mole. <laughs> Which one's up? That metaphor nice, works well, nice, too. Not whacking. Not whacking. <laughs> a gently pop on the head with a, a nerf or something. <laughs> All right. Yes, we are not advocating violence. Well, not on this episode, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so let's uh, let's keep kind of going around the the table here. And um, uh, but first, we're going to take just a short sponsor break, and we will be right back, folks. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford, and I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of HomeschoolConnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now, back to our program. Hey, we're here with Jackie De La Viaga and Olivia Spears and Eleanor Borg-Nicholson. We're talking about how three moms homeschool their toddlers. We're having so much fun. Thanks for staying with us. Um, let's start again with Jackie. What is something that you wish somebody had told you about toddlers before you started home educating? I, I think that I could answer this question basically speaking to what do I wish I had known about parenting in general. And one thing that I had to discover was the, the very real role that 
developmental abilities play into a child's ability to learn something or do something. And I think that initially I it I was, you know, trained as a teacher and I had this idea that there was a formula and you just do like this, 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 and this, and you'd come, you know, something would shoot out the other end. And um truly so much learning happens because the child is ready. And so we can like stack all these things up and do a dog and pony show and, you know, whatever. But if they're not ready, then it's not going to happen. And I remember seeing this play out in, in learning to read, in learning um, to compute math. And then I remember seeing it play out prominently when we began to teach algebra. You know, and I had a great mentor who would say algebra is, you know, so readiness dependent. And I would think, oh, here we are again. It's not just about the right curriculum or the right teacher, or it's really about their readiness. And that, I mean, it's so intangible. I wish it were more tangible and so individual with each child. But I would say try to, you know, I wish I had known to... And to really appreciate that factor in the education of a child, in the education of the whole person, you know, the moral person, um, the intellectual, um, even the physical person. And, and I just want to say there's this little like gasp of surprise that happens when your child graduates from college and you think, how did they graduate from college? Like, And I don't mean time-wise. I mean, like, all those little struggles in teaching them, you just sort of, like, carry them in in your body, you know? And you're like, oh, I'm worried about this one about that and that one about that, and I wish I had done better at that. And then they graduate and they launch and they they do great, and you're like, I guess it wasn't all about me. (laughs) So... Right. Whether you got a pass fail at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, I've heard so many old moms of larger families say to new young moms, don't worry about it. By the time they go off to college, they'll be able to tie their shoes. Exactly. Right. Use the bathroom. And, and those kind of things. And I remember when <laughs> I was trying to, to potty train my almost three-year-old daughter who did not want to potty train. And I, ca- I tried all the bribing. I tried everything. And then we went to visit some family and all the other little girls that were her age were lifting up their dresses and showing their big girl panties. And she was so, uh, she was like this big competition thing happened in her. She came right home after the visit and potty trained immediately. <laughs> and so it was like she was motivated by competition. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's another thing to be looking for. What gets your kid moving? <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway, so Eleanor, what, what were you thinking about? What was something important well, you wish you had? <laughs> well, first, Jackie, I have to say there were six of us in my family growing up, all homeschooled. And when my eldest brother graduated with his master's degree at the party, my mother turned to me and said, oh, homeschooling works. And I said, <laughs> what? And she said, well, I mean, I was sure, but really, I just, this is so, such a relief. And I said, what are we, guinea pigs? Um, <laughs> but I would look at, I would, I would say the big thing for me, the flip side, the thing that was hard for me to, to learn wasn't so much their readiness as accepting mine and being able to be okay, either when there's something that as a mom, I'm just not good at. 
Mm -hmm. I'm just not good at, or that I need more time or that I need to hand it over to my husband, that giving myself that space is very hard to do because as a mom, you want to do everything and do it all right and appease everyone, give them what they want at that moment. And I joked to Lisa that I had a story about our uh, 30 seconds in Montessori. Someone, (laughs) some well, well well-meaning person came up to me when I, I, always worked out of the home or from the home, but with my children. So I had two young children. One was a newborn and someone came in and said, you know, while you're working, your eldest daughter really should be developing and you could be doing, and went on this Montessori lecture. So I sort of (laughs) nodded and thought, I'm so stressed. My hair is falling out. And the next day I thought, I know we'll sort beads. So I got a bunch of beads out. I said, we're going to sort beads by color. And then I turned around to get my coffee. And it was hailing beads (laughs) all over. I I was working at the church at the time. The parish staff kitchen. There are probably still beads in the HVAC vent. I mean, they were everywhere in my coffee. And she was just sort of looking at me, throwing beads at my head. And I thought, this does not give me joy. This does not give me joy. We are vacuuming up every single bead. And Montessori is a wonderful approach. Absolutely. And I very, I love my children to be hands-on. But I thought, you know, this is not good for me right now. And I can't be a good mother when I'm shaking because I've been assaulted by tiny pieces of plastic. So setting that aside and saying instead, what I am good at is pushing my desk aside and sitting on the floor and saying, we're going to read books for 10 minutes. Or snuggling or doing a meeting with a child in my lap. Nurse, I'm very good at nursing during meetings and saying, it's all right that I'm not good at that. It's all right that I'm not super good at identifying trees, even though I try. It's really okay on the days when I say, today, we're just going to sit back. We've got two sick children. We're going to listen to The Hobbit and Redwall on a loop and someone make tea. We're going to be fine. Just giving yourself as a mother that space and knowing that in the end, they will graduate and go on and thrive and you're giving them joy. You can not don't. It's so easy to spend all your time beating yourself up for what you aren't. You perceive yourself as not doing or what you should be doing. It's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Yeah. And you know, the old lessons are caught, not taught to to a degree, right? What are we teaching them by how we live and how we adapt? And self-care. Teach them self-care. So my children will laugh now and say, mommy puts up with crafts, but they aren't her love language. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that crafting is not my charism. (laughs) That's not mine either. That's hilarious. I used to do catechist workshops and I would put on screen uh, um, um, an image of a boat in a storm with a big wave and call it a small craft warning because I thought they were kind of a waste of time in catechesis. (laughs) But but I'm not anti-craft. I'm just jealous. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So important lesson that has emerged for you so far, Olivia. Yeah. So I feel like my seasoned homeschool mom friends did tell me about this, but I feel like I'm just now accepting it down to my bones uh, about, you know, everything that Jackie and Eleanor are saying and um, just about toddlers don't need much more than to live the life of the family and to be incorporated into its rhythms. And so I don't think we need to stress so much about their preparations or readiness for, you know, kindergarten or education in general, because 
our family and the lifestyle is the preparation. Um, is and it is it is the lesson. And so I think just learning to, like we said earlier, incorporating them into everything that the family does. And then also accepting too that um kind of to the end that Eleanor was saying that everything everything is uh fluid and we we require a certain flexibility that some of us aren't uh naturally bent to and that's part of you know what can make us holy too during this uh during this journey and um just thinking about how every child is different of course we know that but also uh our life changes our family the way our family looks and operates changes mm-hmm. our family goes through seasons and so just thinking about um kind of like what you were saying Lisa uh, or Jackie I believe you were talking about uh just kind of like the 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 formula just kind of wanting mm-hmm. that you know I can find myself longing for that like just, let me just find what works and then mm-hmm. I will do that till kingdom come you know I will work that system but just realizing that that is not life and so to be content with life changing with kids being different with kids changing and being aware and attentive enough to make those changes and adjustments based on what the family needs today. What does the family need today? What does this child need today? So. Mm, so good. And I love what I'm hearing in, in all three of you in different seasons, really different seasons, uh, is a certain amount of self-acceptance of of just being on the road together and and kind of letting go of some of those voices that we tend to have in our heads and Lord knows where they came from, but that you must be this and you, you know, homeschooling has to look like that. We somehow are very hard on ourselves, but we do gradually learn, as you said, it gets down into your bones. Not that we don't have our days where we doubt. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's do a round robin briefly. If you had to say one thing to listening moms who either like you, Jackie, are going to take a grandchild in for a, uh, a period of time or have them, you know, with you a lot more or Eleanor with her five or Olivia a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier in the process. Um, each of you, let's start with Jackie again. What would you like to say to the listening moms? I, I, I would like to say that there's a very real um, factor in homeschooling. So when you organize the curriculum and the activities and the formula for your children, and and even if you have like a super supportive involved husband, generally mom is the master planner. Um, The buck does stop with you. And that's a good, and it can be a negative. Because you realize when you fail that you're, you're a main stage player in that failure. And I think that we have to really let go of the idea that we could be as proficient and successful at homeschooling as we might be in a work environment where we are single-purposed. We have to accept that we are not single-purposed. Many of us work from home, you know, kids, babies, and then you have, you know, this homeschooling 80 hour a week job. Um, and 
be merciful and be accepting that you are going to be less successful at some things and some things you may just bomb. Um, and, but in choosing to homeschool, we accept that. And we still know that the pros and the, you know, the value, the values and the beauty of homeschooling trumps all of that. Thank you, Jackie. Helena, what are you thinking? I'm thinking it's messy, but it's full of joys. Last year when I was in my garden working and just letting the children help and realizing that the toddler getting lost in the marigolds, which she thought she was even smaller. She, we couldn't find her, you know, she was lost. <laughs> um, or pulling down half the tomatoes and bringing them to me. That gave so much joy in the midst of the mess and the waste and the wreckage and because of their engagement and their enthusiasm that if you just hold on to their joy and unite it with yours, the the loved, it doesn't matter that the laundry's never folded. Mine never is. It doesn't matter that your house is disgusting. I once had a cousin <laughs> lean over and say, I just can't stand it. She started washing my wall for me. And I said, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> really? Here's the leech and rack. Fine. Um, but Interesting let choice. It, <laughs> let, go, let go of all of that because in the mess and in that, it, it, that joy is just so precious. And I'm not going to say, and it goes soon. That's the other thing. Don't do that to moms. Don't say, well, it's going to be over soon. So you better cling to it because then this poor mother <laughs> who's losing her mind is saying, ah, and I'm missing the time. No, <laughs> just love it. And, and, and let their joy just, spill over to you. Rejoice always. Just rejoice always, especially when you're suffering. Rejoice always. Mm, so powerful. Just spiritually, that's so protective for us to have that kind of faith that we choose, even though it's not maybe bubbling up naturally, but to choose to rejoice in the Lord always, even in struggle. Especially, especially, in struggle. especially because everything we have, every child, is a gratuitous gift. It's a gratuitous gift from God. Mm. And when you have the, just the sense of his generosity and gratitude, it washes away so much that doesn't matter. Even pain, suffer, it just, that gratitude is just, it's a good, it's a good place to be. Amen, amen. Wow, Olivia, take us to your final thought. Our children are God's children and, you know, they're his. And that's, so that's what I would say to other moms, but that's also what I say to myself, you know, that I try to remind myself every day that they're, they're his kids and I have, you know, the gift and responsibility to raise them. And that actually brings me a lot of relief. Um, although it is a great responsibility, it brings me relief, especially when I think about the toddler years, because if I want to be, you know, a very, very, very small reflection of the father's love for his children, then that takes a lot of what I would present as academic preparation or readiness off the table for me. And I just want to delight in them. I just want to show them, by the way, I approach them how wonderful they are and um, how interested I am in in them and, and what they find interesting. And I think that when I have that mindset, I just exhale a little bit. And 
just enjoy the child a little bit more for who they are and get to discover who they are, who this person is that the Lord created. And, um, and so, and so that, that's what I try to remember too, is, um, is that they're his and that I'm just doing my best to, to delight in them. Mm. Amen. And amen. I'm just getting the Holy Spirit rush as I'm listening to you ladies speak from the heart with such wisdom. Um, and I would want to say to everyone listening too, we're all going to have rotten days and we're all going to have days when we feel like we've made a huge mistake <laughs> with every decision we've ever made, right? We all have those moments. But the enemy wants to get into our heads. And so that rejoicing, that taking the moment to really see and be present, all of that, be in the moment with the Lord, He's here. And, um, and do reach out to other moms, like this opportunity to be together just as moms and talk. Wow. It's just like Holy Spirit rocket fuel. Mm. I'm so inspired just being with you three ladies, uh, Jackie, Eleanor, and Olivia. And if there are any resources or anything that you'd like to, to share, we can just go around very quickly, but I can also follow up with you and we can put them in the show notes that might be helpful to moms. It might be something you've created. It might be something that inspired you along the way. Um, so we'll put those in the show notes. Um, but I just want to really thank you and encourage everyone listening. Please look around you and ask God for help if you don't see someone at the ready to have these kinds of conversations with you. Do not walk this road alone. Walk with other moms. It's really important. Okay. Anybody else want to chime in as we're starting to wrap up? I, I'll echo what you said. Community is vitally important. Yeah. Amen. And we've done it, some episodes on that too. And maybe maybe we can come back and talk about that um, mm -hmm. with all of you. Um, everybody, yeah, I was going to say the yeah, biggest resource I can pitch is one I can't share. It's my mother. <laughs> so when I lose my mind and call her and say, this child isn't doing this, like long division. She said, put a, put a, I mean, a homeschooling mom. She said, take a highlighter, highlight all the long division for the next 30 pages. And don't do long division for 30 days and then try it. And in 30 days, I was ready for long division. She was ready for long division. Our relationship was intact. So having someone that you can trust is just, yeah. So, and someone who won't judge you, someone who will say, I love you. I raised you. I'm not going to yeah. throw you under a bus because you're a monster, but can <laughs> reassure is so you can't have my mom. I'm really sorry, but find someone like her. <laughs> And we are praying for you all to find someone like her. I just remember absorbing the gentleness of other moms when I was a perimenopausal late life mother of one child in an echo chamber of my own crazy mood swings. And I learned to be a much kinder mom just from being around other moms who were just better. And, and so we can, we can lead just by being together. We can absorb from each other and be so blessed. So, uh, yeah. Anybody? Anything else? Don't want to waste a single heart movement in this group. All right. I keep I keep thinking back to um, I I wrote a freelance article years and years and years ago, and just the title of it described my life with toddlers, and it was "There's a banana in my dishwasher." <laughs> And I, I remember, I remember the moment my toddler did that and thought it was properly placed 
trying to mimic how we load the dishwasher. Um, and so I, I guess I just want to, you know, my last thing to say would be, again, just be in the moment. It's, there's so much power and value in the moment. Mm. Amen and amen. All right. Everybody, thank you for being with us. We'll be back again next week with another episode. But we really appreciate your being part of this conversation. If it was helpful to you, please share it with another mom. God bless you. We're praying for you. Please pray for us too. Everybody, thank you so much, Jackie, Eleanor, Olivia. Can't thank you enough. This was just a beautiful conversation. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.